It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, can I please have your attention? Dispatch World Headquarters um, in wa- downtown Washington, D.C. While they're still doing the final touches on our new headquarters on the uh, GNC. Um, and I am here because it is the first Friday of the month. And I am I am nothing if not loyal to my word. Um, despite the, the, the desperate pleas from the audience to stop doing this. Um, <laughs> we are still going to do our, uh, our drive time thing, but we're doing this on Thursday, uh, late afternoon, early evening because of the scheduling stuff and boring other words. And, um, so live in studio with me are, uh, Guy Denton, my amanuensis from the American Enterprise Institute. And uh, guys, frantically googling amenuensis to see how insulting it is. Oh, you're one nothing me for involuthy. Oh, I can call you my major domo if you prefer. And, Whipping boy. And then, <laughs> I think uh, that's appropriate. Uh, and um, and Ryan Brown uh, from uh, the Dispatch proper. Hello. And Caleb's in the in the wings, sitting there, yeah. seething, glaring at us, like yeah. the one eyebrowed baby staring at Maggie Simpson. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's why I'm going to turn my back on him so I, I can only feel it warming my <laughs> neck rather than distracting me. So, uh, gentlemen, I know that the thing that all Americans are most interested to know is that Guy got off your couch. He's, yes. Is this the first, yeah, this is the first podcast yeah. with Guy actually having your own domicile. It's great. It's very exciting. How's it going? I haven't been stabbed or shot yet, so I'd say pretty good. <laughs> Are you living alone? Is this a comment on the neighborhood or your roommates? Um, oh, the just the city and neighborhood in general, yes. But uh-huh. no, well, well, we talked about this. I can't remember if we talked about this when we recorded last time, how this city has changed visibly so much just yes. within the last 10 to 20 years, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Never mind the last 30 or 40. And the neighborhood I'm in, Jonah informed me last time, but I'd heard from other people, used to be quite insalubrious but now is um, wow very much the opposite um w- remind me uh, you can see how passionately committed i am to your personal safety that i've completely <laughs> forgotten what the neighborhood is <laughs> i mean i was trying to avoid saying it <laughs> oh yes people, for all of our violent well, you know, people know too much about your personal life jonah i'd rather not extend it fair enough, fair enough. Um, i'm in the logan circle mm, neighborhood mm-hmm. which is close to yeah. dupont which i was told i assume that dupont circle had always been nice but some of our elder esteemed AEI colleagues told me that used to be rather unpleasant as well, which surprised there was, me. There was some sketch. I mean, like, but there's some sketch in Dupont Circle now. Yeah. I mean, like, you the know, actual circle in, is like 
kind of an encampment. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of homeless stuff, and um, I remember so. 20 years ago. I did not live here 40 years ago. Thank you very much, the guy. Okay. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, I, I know when you're you're still in your larval stage, these time increments all seem the same, but they're not to me. Um, I had a beaten up Honda Accord when I first moved to D.C., and I lived in a marginal neighborhood, and and as, as you guys can attest, I'm a bit of a slob, so I did not keep my uh, car in great shape. And it was particularly dirty once when I parked in DuPont Circle. And this gregarious homeless guy says to me, which was a common thing, hey, can I clean, can I wash your car? Oh. You know, for like for five bucks, whatever. And I was honest with him. I was like, honestly, uh, I actually keep it dirty because I, <laughs> I don't want to get it broken into. Yeah. There was a lot of car break-ins back then. Uh-huh. And he says, without missing a beat, which I really respected, he said, that's all right. I wasn't going to do a good job anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I gave him a buck. (laughs) Points for honesty, you know. (laughs) Oh, Uh, that's funny. Yeah, so you're you're, going to die. (laughs) Well, where we, where I live and Caleb currently lives and where I used to live, used to be really bad. I mean, it's, it's the, it's the wharf and Navy Yard. Yeah, yeah, no. Right between there. Yeah, you apparently, I mean, I don't know. But apparently it was like legit really bad. <laughs> you just yeah, totally no, no one it. went there. Yeah. I mean, like people went to like neighborhoods. Like, I mean, I lived in some on the fringe between Mount Pleasant and Adams Morgan for a while. And that mm-hmm. was a sketchy part of town, at least some side streets and stuff. But like mm-hmm. it was blocks from non-sketchy places. Yeah. Like Naval Yards, you had to like take three cabs in a bus. Yeah. is like just not a place you want right. to go to. And now it's beautiful. Super trendy. Yeah, yeah very trendy. Um, do you miss living with these guys? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we miss you, guy. I don't miss you, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> I miss Caleb. I'm looking affectionately at him right now. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. So, what should we actually uh, converse about? Well, I. Uh, <laughs> That's enough content. <laughs> the end of the episode. And scene. No, I'm significantly disappointed in the amount of hookers and blow in the studio today. <laughs> <laughs> by the lack of it? Or <laughs> yeah, by the lack of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a definite lack of it in the dispatch <laughs> offices. Yeah, I'm glad we shut that down before Cawthorn ratted us out. Um, all right, so you spent some time on the Hill. Yes. Yeah, you, you have <laughs> yes. not, right? I have not received the orgy invite. No, Ryan might have. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but, like, I just assume, like, in the U.K., just... Like behind every closed door, <laughs> right, some really right. creepy Oscar Wilde stuff is going on. Right? Uh, you know, whatever. Really got Kubrick was trying to warn us. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you ever get like a, <laughs> a orgy behind closed doors vibe kind of thing going on? No, there? never. I've never been invited to an orgy with cocaine. Um, <laughs> Ryan's yeah. shifting in his seat. Yeah, well, no, I mean, yeah. Hold on, hold on. I'm hold not seat. kidding, mom. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. We, if I uh, let's put me in lawyer mode for a second, right? Oh, great. When you let's assume this is a deposition. Oh, um, when you say no, I assume all of these are depositions. I've never been invited to an orgy with cocaine. <laughs> so, <laughs> have you been invited to an orgy without cocaine? Have no. there, uh, you know, uh, I go on record. Uh, meth. <laughs> or, I mean, no. Any substance. No. Okay. Any type of orgy. 
I have not been invited to. Okay. And did you do crash I... or did you were not invited to? <laughs> nope. Still no. Uh-huh. Ryan still would no. prefer Guinness, judging by his hair. And yeah. No. If there were Guinness, physique. I'd be there. Yeah. I'd be there in a minute. But no, I've yeah, never. You, you totally get naked with like <laughs> yeah. Scalise no, no, no. for a Guinness. <laughs> I would just, I just sit in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Hey, they're expensive in DC. They're like eight bucks. <laughs> in Cleveland, they were like six. I thought, oh man, it was that was that was living. But um, no, when he said that, I was a little surprised, like everyone else would. Okay, so I um, I did a very long G file yesterday, yeah. which I thought I paid my dues by having some thumb-sucking, egg-headery substance yep. to it, and then I got to the Madison Cawthorn stuff, and um, and then I was kind of bummed, because then I, I heard, like, by the time the thing got out, that McCarthy had taken Cawthorn to the woodshed, and now in the context right. of orgy talk, taking someone to the woodshed has a weird connotation <laughs> to it, but, like, I mean in the, like, True. Reagan True. administration taking to the woodshed kind of thing, and... Um, but then today, apparently, Cawthorn sort of well, walked back. What, what, what is the current state so, of play? So, hold on. Let me bring up the Politico piece that was written about it yesterday, about mm-hmm. McCarthy's meeting. Because there's, <laughs> there's a quote from McCarthy in there that kind of got buried and no one really talked about. Okay, so at the bottom of this Politico piece, which clearly, like, McCarthy sat down with somebody and, like, they talked about it, or maybe it was a hallway interview, whatever. Towards the very end, he says, <laughs> it says, instead of a lawmaker, Cawthorn told McCarthy he believes he, quote, he thinks he saw a staffer in a parking garage, maybe 100 feet away, doing the cocaine. The next line is, Cawthorn told him he doesn't know what cocaine is. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> to your point, he used the term key bump. Right. And like, you're going to go, you're going to grovel so much be like I don't even know what it is sir <laughs> that's crazy that is crazy and was totally undercovered but then as of like a few minutes ago Roger Stone has come out now uh-huh. on none other none other than Alec Jones's Infowars and said uh Cawthorn told him yesterday that he had not retracted anything that he said uh-huh. and <laughs> Roger Stone can tell us from first hand <laughs> that these parties happen because they're at his house <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I love how, like, he didn't realize, I don't think, you watch the clip, you listen to the clip, and he has no idea what he says when he says, I can tell you firsthand that these yeah, parties happen. That's like, like me saying there are there are overweight conservative pundits in Washington who drink Irish whiskey alone at home. <laughs> I can I can, I can can report that, you know, as, as I've seen it with my own eyes. Right, exactly, yeah. Well, but he says it in Looking into the like, mirror with a tear <laughs> rolling down the cheek. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Um, desperately trying to avoid talking to Steve Hayes for the sixth time. <laughs> uh, it's, it's rampant. Yes, and it continues to. Apparently, um, Tom Tillis, who was one of North Carolina's senators, endorsed Cawthorn's opponent today. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, everybody's turning from it. Richard Burr is the other North Carolina senator, and he's kind of he's just laying low on everything because of the insider trading stuff he's accused of. But. Yeah, it doesn't look good for Cawthorn. Oh, and then he, he put out an ad today. Yeah, I saw the ad. Did you see the ad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the main point, like one of the big points in big letters on it, it says, effective. <laughs> 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 like, that's your selling point. He's going to North Carolinians and being like, I'm effective. That's why you keep voting for me. And he's effective. I mean, he's the guy, and I will bring it up all the time, who had his email leaked where he said, yeah, we're not going to actually build up. We're yeah. not going to have a legislative shop in yep. my office. We're going to stick with comms. It's all comms, right? Because yeah. he's super, super effective. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, exactly. So that's the update. So, um, so, like, so I, I got some, I got some grief about the the G file about it. I stand by what I wrote, and I thought it was kind of fun and um, super fun. But uh, you know how good it was? I read the whole thing. There you go. <laughs> Man, you must, must be tired. Um, uh, and. You know, but the people are like, well, he doesn't matter. He's like, you know, fourth tier, first term congressman and all this kind of stuff. But I think like the defense of writing about it, other than I'm allowed to every now and then have <laughs> write something that's fun to write about. Um, you know, I, I check my employment contract and it's, it's, it's in there. Um, <laughs> is uh, um, he's so representative of the of the we're not supposed to curse the, the fecal festival. Um, <laughs> that the GOP is becoming, right? I mean, yeah. like, so, like, he, he's, as I said in the GFL, you know, he, the crowd he hangs out with, it, right. do, it does not shock me that, like, it would not shock me if he saw Matt Gates do a key bump, right? right? Yeah, um, exactly. It would not shock me if he saw Matt Gates get into an argument with a hooker who said his credit card was declined, right? <laughs> I mean, there's all sorts of things that would not shock me if he said yeah. it was Matt Gates. But when he implies that it was these 60 to 70 year old, yeah. like mainstream Republican types. Role like, models. Role yeah, models. I mean, like, I'm trying to think of like who the anti-addiction person is. He was really specific about that, yeah. wasn't he? And I, if it's not Jerry Falwell Jr., who I can imagine has done anti-addiction yeah, stuff, yeah. you know, I don't know who it is. Because look, I have, I have, some pretty profound disagreements with my old friend Bill Bennett, but I guarantee you he's not doing key bumps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like exactly. he he, be, he believes that anti drug stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, and so like it's the fact that he comes in with that group, he hangs out with that group, and because he doesn't know anything, he mistakes that group for the establishment. Right. When in right. fact, it's you know it's 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 caddy day at Bushwood Country Club. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's exactly. one of the caddies. Yeah, you know, no, he's so entrenched in the gross side of the GOP that he sees nothing else exactly see now I would pivot to guy and say now but isn't it true that in the UK and in the Parliament there have been quite a few tales of, of various orgy like things going on but you have no knowledge of English history <laughs> so. well, <I> <laughs> knowledge of Boris Johnson that's what I was required yeah, but I mean, he hasn't had orgies he's just had inappropriate oh, undoubtedly parties. he has but <laughs> But not as prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 no. right. He's had a long career. Who knows? But at, at Oxford, I heard on a, on a Mad Dogs and Englishman not too long ago. Kevin was asking. I think it was Boris. This is a podcast that Kevin Williamson and and Charlie Cook do. Charlie Cook being of former British. Uh, he was born and raised in England, but now he's a proud Florida. American. Does he say former British person? No, but he's okay. he's he's very proud of being an American. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, knew, I knew that, but I thought that'd be interesting if you said yeah. that. Thank you for the footnote. Uh, the <laughs> not everybody listens to Mad Dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't. <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> Is that a Mattis podcast? <laughs> Some, something had happened with Boris, I think, or one of the other odious people in Boris's cabinet, where there'd been some kind of cocaine or drug scandal. And Kevin asked Charlie if he'd ever... Kevin said something like, well, I've never been these dinner parties where cocaine is being passed around. That must be a rarefied thing. I know I've never been to one. And Charlie chimes in, oh, well, I have <laughs> at Oxford. <laughs> well, Charlie was also, like, in a band. so He, he was specifically talking about the Oxford bourgeois yeah, set. Yeah, that though. wouldn't surprise me. Uh, yeah, I mean, See, I was in a band in college, and you didn't ask me. 
uh-huh. if I had been to a cocaine-filled orgy in college. I did not. You didn't ask that. The and lawyer then, side of you didn't ask that. And while they will ask that in the comments, <laughs> I'm not going to ask. Uh, it's, it's just really, it's, it's none, of, none of my business. Um, but um, look, I, again, I think, I think, have there been orgies in, <laughs> in Washington, D.C.? Yes. And actually, the last orgy that I read about you're glad I finished that sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the pause was nice. Yeah. The grand pause was really For good. For those at home who don't have a visual, the three of us, me, Ryan, and Caleb, our eyes all met. I might even add a pause. I mean, even yeah, add room I was just in about there to say, I forbid you <laughs> to add a really long pause. Um, uh, I'll do the Jeopardy music again. <laughs> but uh, no, the last orgy I read about was. Um, I want to say it even was. That sentence is still funny. In. Um, in Hungary, mm. and it was a Orban guy, prominent Orban guy, and it was an all gay orgy, right? Um, which is contrary to the messaging of the Orban right. government in some right. ways, right? But I, look, I am sure that there, I'm sure there are, there have been orgies and all that kind of stuff. The point is, because one of the reasons I, I decided to write about it is I got pissed off where I had tweeted saying, "Does anybody actually believe?" Yeah, Cawthorn claim, and a whole bunch of people, like, were like, you know, not only of course they do, you know, of course I believe it, but yeah. they were like, Goldberg's pretending he doesn't know, like this yeah. kind of thing. It got it got, got kind of pizzagatey pretty quickly, huh. and and the thing is, is look, look, I was I was pretty invested in the Lewinsky stuff. Yeah. I I I. I I know that there is some sex stuff that goes on in Washington and all that kind of right. thing. Um, I was at Fox, though I did not know about right. all of the uh, shenanigans that were going on when they were happening, um, uh, at least not I most of them. <clears throat> and um, so the stuff goes on, but like, the, I, the it's weird. I was trying to figure out how to explain this. The problem with the, specifically the orgy thing, right? right. I mean, like, is, are there people having affairs? Absolutely. Right. Uh, wife swapping is weird stuff. Are people sending yeah. inappropriate things? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, are there are there piggish men who d- behave inappropriately? We know from the Me Too stuff. You know, right. are the men media men behaving badly? Absolutely. Yeah. But the problem with the orgy theory, other than the fact that he said it was sixties and seventy year old <laughs> men, right, uh, who are like prominent leaders of the Republican, and it's just, that that part is nonsense. Right. Um, it's it's the same problem that with conspiracy theories, because you can have conspiracies so long as it's like one or two people. But the second you broaden a conspiracy out to like right. thousands of people or whatever, right? It's like like there's no way nine eleven could have been an inside job for a lot of reasons, but the primary one is like you can't have five hundred people yeah. agreeing to commit mass murder, right? And being sure that all 500 of them are going to keep it a secret. Right. Right. And, and it's all 500 of them would keep the paperwork a secret right. too. And keep not the yeah. paperwork. And, and, and also like that literally of the 500 people, everyone you asked agreed to do it. Right. Exactly. Right? Cause yeah. it's like sometimes you would think like one, pro- you know, I don't think I'm into the whole <laughs> mass murder, <laughs> like, you know, 
uh, to launch a war kind of thing. And then that right. person has to be killed, right? right. Because you can't, right. like, he's not going to keep that a secret. Right, exactly. <laughs> right? And and so, like, the idea that you could ask all these people and they'd all instantaneously be into it, whether it's a conspiracy <laughs> to, like, take down the World Trade Center or it's, like, a conspiracy to get really crazy with a bunch of jello yeah. in a hotel room <laughs> with, like, a whole bunch of people. Yeah. All it takes is asking one person who's not into the orgy idea, yeah. right? One person who's like, I, I just got to be clear about this. You know, I, I don't want to see Don Young make it, <laughs> right? Oh, he just died. Come on. Well, I, oh, my gosh. I'm trying to spare. I wasn't saying it was a necrophiliac thing. I was just saying, I was just trying to. I didn't go there. I, well, I just trying to spare, like, living people mocking their appearance or anything like that. And, um. And the assumption is is that everybody you ask pick, pick someone that's like long dead. Don't pick someone that just so died. 90% of the audience was alienated in the first five minutes. <laughs> the remaining nine percent have now tuned out. I think this is gonna be our highest. Pick Hazard or somebody. Ever. Don't pick Don Young. Well, Hazard's got problems. That's true, yeah. That's, no. that's, 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 that's what I mean, yeah. yeah. Um No, but back to your theory, I, it's actually it's something you say often and like this is also the same thing for the deep state, right? right. Like the fact that people think there's a deep state that's really running everything that they just don't talk about it. One, that's crazy just because it's crazy. But two, we would know about it. Like, especially right. us around the table. You've been here longer than all of us. But, like, we start to know these people. The coordination that that would take and the right. secrecy that it would take, that is evidence enough to me that that just doesn't exist. Well, and also, like, if you've spent any time on the Hill um, yeah. or around congressmen, you know that, like, they start very quickly, even sharp, young Congress mm -hmm. people, you know, they become like kind of big babies where they need, you know, the person, need, uh, you know, Congressman, you have to go in five minutes, oh, yeah. you know, you have this meeting, you have that meeting. Yeah. The idea that like the staff is like, you know, you know, running up onto the podium at some rubber chicken dinner for the Spina Bifida Foundation right. and then whispering in a 70-year-old Congressman's <laughs> ear, sir. We gotta go. The orgy is starting. <laughs> it just it just doesn't work. And don't yeah. say anything on your way out. That's right. And like yeah. and like no one ever says in front of a hot mic or right. you know, it just right. it, yeah. so um uh <laughs> if there were if there were cocaine filled orgies happening in Washington DC at a decently regular level, Joe Biden would have said it by now. He would exactly have right. somehow let it slip. Yeah. And and then there's the other problem is like the actual setup for the question was all about whether or not Washington is like House of Cards, <laughs> know, and that's the problem. Line. Is like the House yeah. of Cards thing is like, <laughs> like, like the orgy stuff is much more believable than yeah. the murder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just an enormous amount of murder in House oh, of Cards. Answer is like, yeah, it's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the show, man? <laughs> yeah. All right, I think we've we've done this to yeah. death. Speaking of staged, the slap staged or not staged, real or fake? So how how serious are people thinking this is fake? Because I I just have a hard I <laughs> actually I was on a bus leaving the office yesterday a DC Metro bus and the bus driver and a fellow DC Metro worker were discussing whether or not it was faked and the guy not driving the bus was very convinced that it was staged. Uh -huh. He was like, you can see him slap his leg as he's hitting Chris <laughs> and it, the noise if you look at it from a certain angle. And I was first of all enthralled by the conversation yeah yeah, yeah. i love those things to he was like very convinced that he was like no this isn't real it was a I, I don't know if he gave a reason as to why 
they staged it. The drum up Ray thing? <laughs> yeah, I've seen some wild ones too. I just saw one on Twitter, I'm forgetting. But, you know, he didn't give a reason, but he was, yeah, he was like, this is not real. Okay, but the, the plural of anecdote is not data. So, <laughs> right, exactly. But are, like, are there people actually writing it other than like non oh. non entities on Twitter kind of thing? No, no. Okay. I don't think like varieties asking. Because I mean, like, when stage. you think about it, like, think about an audience that. I have a lot of contempt for the audience for the Oscars, <laughs> right? Right. But like the people in that room, one of the only things that they are more expert at than everybody in this room is sta staged right. fighting, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. And so the, yeah. the idea, of like, like no one in that room would, yeah. you know, like pick up on like, you know, that room's got stuntmen, stunt right. directors, right. all that kind of stuff <laughs> exactly, in it. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. But. Uh, Guy, are you rethinking your desire to live in America? <laughs> no. Yeah. no, you have to. You do have to respect, though, the only profession on the planet where someone can, in view of, I don't know how many people watch the Oscars nowadays, but in view of millions of people watching at home, and in view of, of the whole million. room, 50 million, 50 million of celebrities and powerful, famous people, can walk up onto a stage, interrupt someone's speech, slap them in the face, and then experience no repercussions or consequences for that fact. Well, apparently, so there's new reporting today. The Academy came out and said, we asked Will to leave and he refused. Right, which is which is kind of weird because, yeah. like, I know Will Smith travels with security. Yeah. But the Oscars has more security. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. could have asked. they could have used everybody else's security. <laughs> yeah, like, no. Everybody's he, got security. Yeah. He just said no, and they said, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Denzel Washington was like, he's fine, I got him. It does make me wonder what they would have done about the Best Actor Award, whether they would have just changed it last minute if he did get thrown out. Yeah, so I... Yeah. My, so I, yeah. I, I should have... Because I talked to for a while about this on Glop with Pod, John Pedoritz, and um, Rob Long. Um, I should have asked them, because they... I'll be blunt, but care more about this stuff than I do. <laughs> but, uh, like, my understanding historically is that nobody except, like, Coopers and Librand, whatever, know who the winners are, right? They don't... They yeah, don't. no, I don't think so. So, like... Caleb's shaking his head, yes. Yeah, so... Well, there must be sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, the wise, silent sage is <laughs> giving this affirmation. Yep, there it is. Caleb, Oracle of Delphi, <laughs> whatever. You know. He's like the head of the Quickie Martin, that Simpsons episode. <laughs> so, um, like, the idea... But you hear it from a lot of people about how they... Some people said, oh, they kept him around because he was going to win the award and they needed to figure mm -hmm. out what to do. It was like... Did someone like run into the back room, pop open the briefcase, ruffle through for best actor, and I like wondered the same thing? Gotta yeah. make sure, you know. I I, I just I'd be curious yeah. to know. I, there's a lot that just like, hasn't been properly written. Was it about the show thing. must go on type deal? Like yeah, thing? yeah. And um, I think it's still a non-trivial chance that that Chris Rock sues Will Smith. He's, um, he said he's not going to press any charges. I I have to admit I've been mildly obsessed with this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know everything there is to know. Chris Rock said he's not going to sue or press any charges and then he did he had a a stand-up show like he's on tour yeah no, he's rock. in boston last night yeah. Right? yeah and he said <laughs> he apparently he walked on stage two minutes standing ovation and his first line was so how was your weekend it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good and then he said i'm not going to talk about it right now but eventually i'll have serious and funny stuff to say and then he did his show so all right so who do you side with i'm pointing at guy 
who who do I side with? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think it was right for Will Smith to slap Chris Rock in the <laughs> face. Brave, brave. I, you can, uh, I don't know, again, I'll, I'm turning to the, the expert over here. This is your Simpsons, Ryan. I can't make <laughs> a 50,000 word piece about did Chris Rock slap Will Smith. Did Chris Rock know about Will Smith's wife's condition? I don't think we know that. I don't he okay. claims he didn't. He did, he did he say that? He claims he okay. did not know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even so, I did like him yelling, and I, I, I agree. It was a G.I. Jane yeah. joke, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because why? I, I, you could make a good argument, but it's in bad taste, and in such bad taste to such a degree that he shouldn't go there. But is that really any more offensive or crude than some of the other jokes that were made or that have been made at similar ceremonies in the past? She's joked about it. Right. Like when, apparently, I didn't see well, it. When he laughed about it. Yeah. And and yes. He looked over oh, yeah. at his wife. That's right. right. And then yeah. his wife was like, that was gave him the look. And epic then it was eye like, roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and the, well, so you're Irish, so you sided with Will Smith, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. The, my Irish got up. I started running to L.A. No, obviously I don't. I I thought it was crazy. We were actually we actually watched it together. Isn't that nice? Yeah, Remember no, that? no, it wasn't. we shared together. <laughs> yeah, t- no. Tender we were, romantic music was playing in the background. Yeah, we yeah, had exactly. The, we had the Italian orchestra. But I missed it initially, so I made these guys rewind it, and we watched it like eight times. So I literally <laughs> tweeted, "All right, I'm done. I'm going to bed. Let me know tomorrow if anything happens." Right before and like the best literally part. two minutes oh, really? later, <laughs> this thing happens. Um, and uh, so I um. So, first of all, it would be, I don't want to repeat all the stuff I said on Glot, but it would be interesting if we could sort of, I mean, look, there would be better uses for this sort of infinity stone power, but if we could <laughs> A-B test this with, like, the other universe where this yeah. didn't happen, yeah. how people would have reviewed the Oscars. Because I watched the beginning of the Oscars, uh, including, like, the red yeah. carpet stuff, for the, you know, until the, basically two minutes before right. that thing. <laughs> and... Which is when they were supposed to end. It was amazing how much the Oscars leaned into the diversity stuff. On the red carpet, all the Mm. people doing the interviews were black. Most of the people interviewed were black. Mm -hmm. The thing started with that Beyonce thing. I think Beyonce is a super talent. She's she's great. All that kind of stuff. I thought that was boring as hell. (laughs) Um, The the they went to extraordinary lengths to do all of the inclusive LBGTQI Mm -hmm. stuff and and communities of color stuff and all that kind of thing, and in part to compensate for the Oscars so white kind right, of stuff, right? right? Yeah, and it would have been interesting to see how people reviewed all of that stuff had a black man <laughs> not slapped another black man uh, <laughs> on yeah. stage, yeah. you know? I mean, I shouldn't say it that way. How arguably the second most famous black man in America slapped arguably the sixth most yeah. famous black man <laughs> in America. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And um, and so, like, you know, I've made this point a bunch of times about, like, I feel bad for, I mean, yes, good for them that they won the best picture, but Coda would have been, would have had, mm. the Coda people, the 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 deaf mage guy, they would have had huge slots on the Today Show, on yeah. Morning Show, all yeah. these kinds of things. And instead, the budget for Oscar talk was taken up entirely by right. the slap, and yeah. so that probably the slap probably cost a bunch of independent movies, and 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 up and coming actors yeah. millions of dollars in yeah. publicity. Yeah. And I also just wonder what it cost in terms of, or what it prevented, or obscured in terms of like cultural commentary about how the Oscars were going if they had gone according to plan. Well, I'll tell you who I also feel bad for is Questlove. 
because he was the guy. So Chris Rock was up there to announce best documentary, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Questlove, a black man, mm-hmm. made a documentary called Summer of Soul. It's supposed to be great. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I really want to watch it, especially now. Um, about like the Harlem the black, Music Festival, yeah, the Harlem yeah, yeah. Music Festival, which was like the black uh, Woodstock, yeah. Um, and nobody's talking about that. Like he totally missed his moment. Apparently, he was meditating before and missed all of it. Um, just he in fairness, there. I mean, I know I know that phrase, the black Woodstock, is all over the place, but like Woodstock was not billed as the white Woodstock. No, you no, know, yeah, and like yeah. I believe Hendrix yeah. played at it. I'm yeah. not sure, but like you know, yeah. um, but uh, guitar, but. No, but yeah, point, no, point it's being that, like, it's the same point. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, yeah, it, it's sad. It's sad. It's and, sad. And, 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 you know, as much as we're talking about, like, A-B testing between the, the two timelines, did you guys ever watch Community? No. Okay, so Community is yes. yes. one of the best sitcoms. The, fir- the first yeah. two, almost three seasons, um, and I think it was a five-season show, so you, okay. just so you get my point, <laughs> um, <laughs> were phenomenal. I mean, like, next to, like... Of the of the of the post Seinfeld sitcoms, I oh, think wow. I think Community and um, Thirty Rock are yeah. among the best ever done. And um, um, and uh, anyway, there's an episode where they're rolling dice and they keep going to all these alternative timelines. And then there's the, <laughs> the darkest timeline. <laughs> the darkest timeline uh-huh. is when Chris Rock makes a joke. And some white guy goes up and slaps. Oh, really? Him. Yeah. Well, no, no, not in, not in community. I'm just talking about like <laughs> oh, in this scenario, right? I was, you know, say, I was like, how am I first hearing about this? How prophetic. This? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I, was like, I know everything there is to know about this. I'm no, like, but my point is, is like, like no, if, you're, if, you're, if you're thinking about alternative ways this could have played out, if like, of course, I don't know, I mean, Clint Eastwood's a little old, but like, you know, <laughs> if some. If John Voight yeah, slapped John Voight, Chris Ted, Rock. Ted Nugent. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, I know. I think, I think if John Voight slapped Clint Eastwood, we probably wouldn't be talking about it. No, but it, if maybe. John Voight slapped Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alan, oh, my if God. John Voight slapped Jada Pinkett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Cities would burn. Yes. <laughs> um, Absolutely. But uh, there is, like, so we were talking about, because we're going to talk about this a little bit on the Dispatch podcast tomorrow. We talking about the polling on it and like a lot of Americans are on oh Twitter Will Smith side right and there is a weird maybe it's because I'm reading Continetti's book and it's in my head but like uh, you know the Whitaker Chambers Alger Hiss thing where Hiss represented the sort of elite and Chambers represented the sort of disheveled you know uh uh Outcasts, of, you know, culturally, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Obviously, it doesn't quite apply the same way um, <laughs> to this, but like, I'm like, okay, we're no, going. no, but there is like, like it's kind of, it's kind of like, I forget out his chambers. It's kind of like the blue dress is the is the dress blue and gold or white and oh, black yeah. thing, right? Yeah, where there are a bunch of people who have immediately locked into you don't talk shit about somebody's wife, right? And um, or Bruno. Uh, and then there were a bunch of other people who were sort of like, "Wait a second, it was a joke." And it kind of so it kind of maps yeah. over a lot of the trigger warning versus free speech stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. um, um, and it's, it'd be I mean it'd be interesting to see like in five years how people remember it because yeah, you know, I was saying this in Glop like your generation has so few shared cultural moments. Mm-hmm. Like, 
That's true. This is one of them. That's absolutely right? true. And totally. even if you didn't watch it in real time, it's just like yeah. everyone will remember it. Right. Everyone will be like, you know, I remember talking about it and all that kind of stuff. Like and this is more than viral. Like we call yeah. things viral, but like this is you're right. It's total cultural. Yeah, moment. no, it's 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 locked in as a meme. Yeah, like the the yeah. Batman slapping Robin meme is yeah. now replaced. <laughs> yeah, it's this. with the Will Smith slapping yeah. Chris Rock meme. And um, I made a meme with Will Smith slapping Chris Rock today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> literally. You did? Yeah, I literally did. Oh, that's great. Was it? It was the dispatch in? No, it was. No, it was. It was about my college buddies. So uh, I okay. could explain it, but uh, it would take five minutes. It's probably. Five, I don't want to hear about your orgy buddies. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh shoot! I forgot. Someone, I someone did make one that I saw. I'm going back to the Oscars in general. I think either Silent Caleb or Vocal Ryan may have showed this to me. <laughs> imposed on Chris Rock was comedy, and imposed on Will Smith was Amy Schumer, which <laughs> <laughs> says, which is perfect because I had never seen a full Oscars ceremony before. Oh really? No. Really? It doesn't get broadcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> and so maybe it does. I just lived in a vegetative state while uh, I was there, so I can't say. But you didn't have a TV in that little room. No, um, and it was an excruciating experience that I may never repeat, <laughs> even though I'm always interested to see who the winners are. It was. It's it, the Oscars gotten steadily worse over the last fifteen yeah. years, right? And um, bring Billy Crystal back. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I mean, it was like. I can't remember, but there was, I can't remember who the last, like, standalone comedian, oh, it was because, um, what's his name, got, oh, God, what's his name, black comedian, really funny, super oh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Yeah, 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 Right, that's and then right. it turned out he had jokes about yeah. gay stuff, and yeah, yeah, yeah. so they canceled him, yeah. and then they were just that's like, right. let's just not have hosts anymore, yeah. you know, and it was, like, so lame. Yeah. Um, did, did you see Coda, both of you? Either of you? I've no. not. I really do want to see it. Um, Pod says it's legitimately a deserved to win. Oh, um, really? Yeah, which tells me something. I reviewed Belfast for the for Alex like dispatch ride thing. I thought I I thought that was going to win. Like I really really enjoyed that movie. It won best original screenplay. So I watched Belfast in part based upon your recommendation. Oh, and wow. uh, are you that one guy wow. that tweeted at me? No, no, no. But like that sound you just made was really <laughs> leprechaun adjacent. <laughs> what have we found, do I? I? I don't want to keep your cereal away from me. <laughs> you looked over to him and he had the green cap on globally. <laughs> what did you think of my family's movie, Belfast? <laughs> um, and no, because like my wife and I were trying to find, we were like, it was Saturday and we were like, let's watch an actual movie, yeah. whatever. And, and we're trying to figure out what to watch. And we want to watch something that was nominated. And mm -hmm. so I was like, I know, I will go to the Ooh. Dispatch's Oscar preview piece oh. and look through it. Wow. And I know we're not going to watch the one I wrote about. <laughs> um, and uh, we're going to stay far away from the ones Guy wrote about. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so I, uh, and like, so Jess, my wife, uh, mm -hmm. was. Uh, uh, I want to say that you alone convinced her, but like it was, <laughs> it was uh, a big part of it. Wow. And um, I'll say, okay, so I liked it. I definitely liked yeah. it. Um, I thought it was good. Um, it was schmaltzier than I expected it to be because, like, uh, I'll translate that for the Irish Catholic. Okay, so, um, <laughs> like, like, what's his name? The Kenneth Branagh, yeah. right? Uh -huh. Like, both his parents turn out to just be just basically great people. Yeah. Right? right. You know? Right. In a tough situation, True. but kind of great people, yeah. you know? And, like, yeah. the dad's not off cheating on the mom, right. and he's not getting drunk. It's just, like, he's got work right. to go do, right? right. And 
Um, he's trying to provide for the family, and the grandparents are all kind of perfect. Ugh. And um, um, and the interestingly, like the IRA just wasn't in it, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Which was kind of localized, but yeah, they didn't even. Yeah, so it was all. And I'm totally down with the idea that the, the Protestant, you know, what, was it the Ulster? What I can't remember what it's called, but the Orange, the oh, I don't, the I don't opposite. Remember. You know, yeah, yeah, militia, yeah. you know, para, yeah. whatever, you know, was basically like a lot of the IRA, just mm-hmm. a glorified organized crime with a yeah. political patina over yeah. it. As I'm there totally no op- good guys. <laughs> I'm totally open to that, yeah. right? Although you should have a conversation with Michael Brennan Doherty sometime about some of this stuff. Really? Where, like, he's fascinating to listen to because he'll just like, I mean, I would tell Guy to do it, but he doesn't know any of this history. Um, <laughs> or like the Irish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but Michael, Michael will just be sort of like, yeah, you know. That car bombing, you know, it, it may not have may not have been the right thing to do for you know because of the political blowback. It was like, it was like yeah, yeah, dude, like yeah. you're not from there, right. like, really, you know. But um, we almost got Thatcher. Wait, oh, that's <laughs> um, but uh, and I want to say up front, I, I love Michael Brendan Doherty, um, yeah. but um, um, everything was just too gauzy and yeah. nice yeah. and. I get it that it's a child's nostalgia right, kind of right. thing, but um, um, there was a little too. It was a little too Hallmark card. I want to yeah. say. I'm not saying I didn't like it because I did like it. But I it was, I'd, and I admit that's just my favorite type of movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just, no, I'm just a sucker for that's like. Fair. I feel really good after this. My favorite show is Ted Lasso. Surprising, yeah. no one. Like <laughs> that's no, kind of where I am. They're 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 sort of Jewish equivalents. Like. Um, Avalon is a little bit like that. Mm. Uh, Brighton Beach Memoirs is a little bit like that, okay. um, where it's just sort of so nostalgic for yeah Seinfeld, the imagined ba- Seinfeld, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, oh, Seinfeld, I have different opinions. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, what is there anything else that we're supposed to talk about? Um, uh, I have, I have, I have, I, I would actually like to. I'm going to throw a little. Controversy, as your people say today, with you and Chris. I do not think he's Alan Hale Jr., uh-huh. who, by the way, I definitely had to Google. Okay, so back up, because uh, not everybody will have heard this. Uh, That's true. Uh, Chris Starwalt, the break glass in case of emergency remnant guest, was on uh, today, this morning, mm-hmm. and on our Zoom like interface thing that we recorded mm-hmm. on, he wrote in his name instead of Chris Starwalt, he wrote in Alan Hale. Junior, who right. uh, I knew you would have to Google. I mean, I, didn't <laughs> I knew that. Yeah, um, who was the skipper from Gilligan's Island? Yes, but when I so I did Google it, um, and once I saw his picture, I did actually know. I thought, oh, Gilligan's Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so that like Pod claimed to be who was it again? Paul Lind. Paul Lind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris is claiming to be Alan Hill Junior. I think that's wrong. I think Chris is Regis Philbin. To you as David Letterman. Interesting. Because Regis was literally, like, that's, he was on the show, I think, more than anybody, uh-huh. and he literally was their break glass guest. Like, he yeah, lived, yeah. like, a couple blocks away. Yeah, 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 yeah And yeah, so yeah. he would, they would, Dave would call up Regis. Yeah. And he'd be like, Regis, I need you. Somebody fell through. Also, and there's, there's a certain, I mean, different, but similar intensity energy between Regis yeah. Philbin and, and Chris Darwell. Mm-hmm. I, I, I accept this analogy. Yeah. I, I think he's the Barney Gumble to your Homer Simpson. That's, that's my proof. 
worlds gliding. <laughs> um, I don't. So anyway, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I I I agree, I agree with that. Um, Bonnie was far too demure. That's true. That's true. But you know, the, the Flintstones, which I grew up watching, unlike you savages, um, was basically just a wholesale ripoff of the Honeymooners. Um, so Barney Rubble was the Art Carney character, and Fred Flintstone was the um, Jackie Gleason character. Um, oh. I'm not saying their personalities were the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the storylines. Right. I mean, I mean, it's sort of like, I mean, I mean, Three's Company was different, but like, like, it's difficult to explain how popular the TV show Three's Company was, and how every single episode was about. Chandler actually makes a joke about this in Friends about someone overhearing something and misunderstanding the context and thinking something else was happening. Oh. Like every single episode <laughs> was that. Was that. Because like, there's this joke in, 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 in Friends where Chandler is like, someone says, uh, did you ever see the uh, Three's Company? Where And he cuts them off and says, you mean the one where someone was listening at the door and misunderstood what was going on? <laughs> and the joke is, is like that was like yeah. literally like two-thirds of the episodes. Yeah, yeah um, But yeah, no, the... The Flintstones was basically the honeymooners. Um, what was wasn't every Gilligan's Island about either building a radio out of coconuts or throwing dynamite in the volcano or trying to sail away? There was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. Um, <laughs> look, I, I, I there was a time in my life. It's I want to be very clear. It is since passed in the rearview mirror. But there <laughs> in was eighteen oh four. No, but there was a time in my life when you went to orgies with cocaine. Where I took the plot problems with Gilligan's Island quite seriously. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What do you mean a three-hour tour and they can't find these people? The guy's the richest guy in the world, you know?" Or like Thurston Howell? Really? He brought enough clothes on a three-hour tour to wear different clothes every day for three years? I mean, come on! Um, and like, where does Ginger get the hairspray? I mean, like, there was the all I used to drive me all stuff used to drive me. Meanwhile, so like, literally. The guests on the three-hour tour, all, not counting the professor, um, all have uh, constant wardrobe changes, right? I mean, mm -hmm. like Ginger has one ball gown after another that she can wear, right? <laughs> that she took on a three-hour tour. Um, but the two dudes who lived on the boat <laughs> wear the same thing every day. <laughs> you know, like, like Gilligan wore the same red, you know how bad he must have smelled? You know, the same red shirt, the same pants, the same hat. Skipper wore the blue shirt and the black hat and the same pants every day. And meanwhile, the people who were literally like, after lunch, let's go on a little tour before cocktails brought all of their clothing with oh, them. That's funny. I mean, that, that's, that stuff used to drive me crazy. That's funny. Because a three-hour tour, like, I've never thought about it. It's not a long tour, first of all. I mean, like, the, the circle line, which goes around Manhattan, is right. longer. Right. Exactly, <laughs> right. yeah. And even if they're going, like, out and back, that means it's an hour and a half out. So you can right. see I know, but there, there was a storm. So, like, they were blown yeah, off yeah, course. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, all yeah. that kind of thing. And then it turns that's out funny. that, like, people are visiting the island, like, every week. Mm-hmm. And no one has the deal. Like I, I get you know if you're like on the lamb and you're some sort of you're like you're you're one step ahead of the law, which a lot of the people who visit the island yeah. apparently were. You yeah, know, as, as <laughs> happens. Like maybe you don't want to walk into the police station and say, oh, by the way, you know that super famous missing millionaire, I found him. Yeah. Blah blah blah. <laughs> but you can leave someone a note. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
Um, and then there was the yeah. episode, the one that truly plagued me for years. Uh, <laughs> I, I cannot believe I, we've opened up this emotional wound. Um, <laughs> this awesome. There was a giant. There was an episode with an enormous spider. I mean, an enormous spider, like a, a spider. Was really badly done prop, but it was just an enormous like Harry Potter level. Yeah, a bit like with the special effects of the Redondo right. Beach yeah. Drama Department, <laughs> um, circa nineteen sixty eight. You know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and Gilligan had a carrier pigeon that oh. was his pride and joy, or whatever. And they had all these plans that, that they were going to use it to like get a note to civilization and save them and all. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember all the details. Uh, I clearly remember a lot. Yeah. And um, and instead, the spider the spider was attacking the, oh, the no. castaways and like you know could kill them. And yeah. um, and then the pigeon attacked the spider. And the professor explained, "Well, birds are the natural predators of spiders," as if like a pigeon would attack a literally. Five hundred pound <laughs> spider, right? And um, oh, and then yeah. the pigeon just left and never came back. And the spider, like clearly, the pigeon didn't kill the spider. <laughs> it just sort of chased it away for five minutes, and the spider never returned. And I, I, it always it vexed me. It vexed yeah. me greatly. So we, they should make shows like that nowadays. Just totally suspend belief. Well, they did make Lost. That's <laughs> true. That's true. I never saw Lost. Really? Yeah. It was like a little bit. Little bit before my time, like I, I don't know how. When did it? When was it a thing? Like when did it come out? Mid to late two thousands, right? I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my daughter has since watched it, like on. One right. Of the yeah, and I just never went back. Like it's I didn't watch it. Live. The first like two seasons, wildly addictive. Yeah. And to date, my understanding, uh, with a vigorous census of the general American population, <laughs> account accounting for, um, you know not being able to get every single homeless person, so you have to do some like math, you know, and all that kind of stuff to account mm-hmm. for that. There are two people, Jim Pethokoukis and Jack Butler, who think that show ended well. Oh, and wow. that the whole show stuck together as a coherent thing. <laughs> Everyone else realized at some point over the 1800 seasons yeah. that, um, uh, that they had no idea how to end that show mm-hmm. and that they were just suckering yeah. The audience, you know, yeah. bilking them and their attention for as long as you go. But it begins brilliantly. Yeah. First couple seasons are great. Yeah. Do you think the, the creators just got lost in their own story? Like what? I know I know how it like, the, I know how it gets bad. The writer's strike hit it quite hard, didn't it, oh, from what right? I remember. Possibly, that killed a lot yeah. of, I remember Heroes was the biggest oh. example of something that just got destroyed by that whole oh. period. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a wow. great riff by uh, Sheldon in Big Bang Theory <laughs> where he's explaining <laughs> how... Um, because apparently there was a some show on the Sci-Fi Channel that got canceled before he could find out what happened at the cliffhanger, and he's like, "That's not Firefly? fair." No, not Firefly. Don't oh. don't even bring up Firefly. Okay, um, <laughs> I think it was I'm called out, Alpha's I'm out of my realm. I'm out of my realm. But but Sheldon says, uh, you know, you have to give people closure, or whatever. So like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they went and g- came up with a comic book that t- kept the story going, and. Um, in Firefly, they made a movie that sort of mm-hmm. wrapped up the thing. Okay. And then he says, and Heroes, they just lowered the quality season after season until you stopped caring. <laughs> 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 Everyone just wanted it to end. That's right. But the first season of Heroes was huge. Um, you know, I remember, yeah. In fine, England, it was, was massive. It fine, fine save the, the cheerleaders, save the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone mm-hmm. on the playground quoted that. And yeah. I remember my 
mom would come home from work and everyone at her work was talking about it. <laughs> wow. But, uh, God, the playground. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to Larva here. What do you think <laughs> is the best sitcom ever put on the air? Ever? Yes. Whoa. Or either ob- objective or just personal favorite. This is not a, a digitally added pause. Yeah. This isn't a real pause. <laughs> so, all right, so part of the problem is that sitcoms, by their nature, sort of like heroes, lose quality over time, yes. right? So, I mean, I, I got to say Seinfeld maintained yeah. a level. Of, Seinfeld kind of went the other way. The first couple seasons, Seinfeld were actually not very good, <laughs> mm. and then which is weird because those are the Larry David seasons. He left after four seasons or five, maybe. Well, yeah, because but like by the fifth season, they were firing off. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You know, and and besides, Larry David's chief contribution to Seinfeld was being the personality prototype right. for Costanza, right, right, which right, is like right. a key part of that. Right, show, absolutely. Right? Um, Th- that uh, Jason Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> I have a drinking problem. I just. <laughs> Poured water straight down the trunk of my body. Um, uh, here, guy, give me your sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, no, it, it is a crime that Jason Alexander never won an Emmy for that role. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I hate committing to those kinds of. I mean, it's a perfectly fair question. I just you always end up having this esprit de scalier kind of like, oh, I should have said X or whatever. Mm. But Seinfeld's up there. Um, I really do think like the first season of Thirty Rock is one of the most densely textured, funny shows where there are like every ten seconds they manage to cram another joke into it while it's yeah. still advancing the plot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard. You know. None of them in the basically none of them in the sixties that I can think of or the seventies really do it. I mean, I love Barney Miller, but eh. um, mm-hmm. first few seasons of Cosby were really really good, you know. Yeah. Until you start doing the math about the creepy doctor having right. his examination room in the basement, but you know that's <laughs> that's 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 Is that in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, and that's Dan is Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I'm familiar <laughs> with the show. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I just didn't know that so was I don't, like. Part I don't know. Of the show. Do you have an answer for your like? Um, well, the Simpsons is up there too. But well, like, I mean, the, the Simpsons would be if it was just the. I mean, if if it won't wouldn't outlive us all. I'm a I'm a <laughs> Frasier guy. I probably look at Frasier uh, the way you look at Seinfeld. But Frasier is really well constructed. The difference yeah. between the two of them is that Frasier had Frasier did jump the shark, and Frasier had a point where it was clearly supposed to end, but then kept going, yeah. and started getting stupid and st- became less and less funny, even though it could still be very funny. So I don't know if you could rightly say that that's the answer. Yeah. Even though I think joke for j- just in terms of the quality of the writing of those original seasons, I think that's the best live action sitcom I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, Cheers at its height was yeah. a really good sitcom. Um, I mean, all of them. I mean, like all the ones we mentioned are, are fair game for the top ten. And then you know when you're talking about top ten things, some of it is going to boil down to personal taste. Yeah. Um, I think it's Happy Days until it literally jumped the shark. See, I'm like, I was alive for the Jump the Shark episode, and none of us thought the Jump the Shark episode was a Jump the Shark episode. We are like, that is awesome. I, I, I will say. <laughs> really? Wait a minute, really? Like, the public, like, loved it? 
Yeah. Oh, really? Was, That's awesome. The Fonz jumped a shark. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, this is all like retrospective, oh, you know, man. like 2020 hindsight, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Monday morning quarterbacking stuff. But like, I will admit that I remember vivid. Like, I watched it. Yeah. When it aired the first yeah. time. And I mean, we'll have to look up the date, but I was a kid, you know, and. Um, the I remember even at the time thinking, man, he looks ridiculous wearing his leather jacket with a bathing suit <laughs> yeah, on yeah. ski on water skis, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, no, I mean, I mean, uh, Happy Days got a lot dumber after that. Yeah. But like, like we don't. I mean, I have no problem saying that was the Jump the Shark episode, but like in the sense, the figurative sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is true in life, right? It's sort of like you just want to die by the end of it. No, like, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> um, no, it's like you know, like you never know you're full until you had mm-hmm. one bite too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. It's like, like you never know in the moment, yeah. or no, I shouldn't say never, but you, you know, it's often the case that it's only in in hindsight that you realize. This is where we should have stopped. Yeah, and I am sure when we look back on this podcast, <laughs> we will think that moment was about seven minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, unless there's some other, I mean, what time? We've gone long like an enough. An hour. Yeah. Um, so, unless there's some other burning, um, we could talk for another hour about the Simpsons. But no, we're going to save it for when your piece yeah, yeah, comes well, out, and then we'll right. do a whole thing on it. All, all right. right. All yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, the I Jump the Shark was... episode. Sorry, September twentieth, nineteen seventy-seven. Okay, so I was, I was eight years old. Wow! And um, look, happiness was a big part of my life. <laughs> um, it is a great show. I mean, I've seen episodes. like I know I've talked about this on the podcast before with people of a mature age, but um, <laughs> I don't have any coins on me. But there was an episode where Richie's cousin had low self-esteem. Okay. And so they were trying to figure out a way to give him high self esteem. And they were like, so what is, you know, he and the Fonz, they yeah. were working it out, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, and they were asking him, you know, what are you good at? And he says, well, I, like, I have quick hands or something like that. And they figured out that he has really fast hands. <laughs> and, um, and so they did this thing where not, uh, people of my oh, age yeah. know exactly what I'm talking about, right? But you put your arm up sort yeah. of. Perpendicular, so your elbow's facing out, and you put coins uh-huh. on your elbow, and then you catch it. Yeah. Like, right? Yeah. And <laughs> that was how people entertained themselves before radio and television <laughs> and when Jonah that was young. come back, because we did that in grade school. <laughs> well, dude, when that episode, right? So anyway, he, the guy yeah. does it, and he's really good at it, and he stacks enough pennies Whoa. on his elbow that he makes the Guinness Book of World Records, is oh. the because that's the test, is like how, yeah, many, yeah. how many coins can you put on? I... Uh, First grade or second grade, uh, something like that. Every single boy in my school <laughs> was doing this everywhere, and I will say oh, I was awesome. among the best in wow. my class. Wow. I could do a whole. I mean, I haven't other than this you bottle just, cap. Yeah, you just did a bottle cap. Yeah, but I, I, you give me a stack of quarters, I can still wow. do it. Um, the problem is if. You screw it up, you end up slapping a whole <laughs> yeah, stack yeah, of coins, exactly. and they go flying right, around. Yeah. you know your elementary school, which is kind of a problem. So, 
That's funny. Could I ask one more nerdy question about TV so I don't have to go to AEI and finish my working day? Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you have a favorite ending of a TV show or a best finale? Ooh. Oh. That's a good question. Well, I mean, the official answer is um, the second Newhart show. Okay. I mean, that that's that, I mean, that's not my thing. answer. It's like it's canon that right. um so like the second Newhart show was he Bob Newhart okay. opens a inn in Maine or a bed and breakfast in Maine or Vermont or whatever. It must have been Vermont. And it's adorable, whatever, and there are these funny characters, like there are these three sort of hick yokels. <laughs> um the most famous, you know, line from it was probably when he's in they're introducing them, uh the lead brother says you know, hi, my name is Daryl. Or no, this is my brother Daryl, and this is my other brother Daryl. <laughs> and um, anyway, so like it's, it was a funny show. It was on for a while, and um, and then the final episode, they cut back and he's in bed with his wife from the first Newhart show, and he wakes. It was Suzanne Plachette, I think, and wakes up. And said, I had this crazy dream where uh, I, I was married to somebody else living in, in this, running this inn in Vermont or whatever. That's and genius. it was really, really well done. And that's everyone genius. loved that. Yeah. Most, show, most shows don't end well, right? I mean, by definition. Can you imagine yeah. having to write the end of a show? Like, that would be a really difficult yeah. job. What did you think of a Sopranos ending when it was new? Did you watch it live? I did, of course. Oh, man. I, and I all, so Adam Bello, uh, friend of mine who was the, po- the editor of my first book um, was doing this series of small pamphlet books and he wanted me to write a book about the ending of the surprise. Really? And I thought about it for about a week and I was like, nah. Yeah. By the time I can get this done, the yeah. buzz is going to be over. Yeah. I mean, it's so like writing a quick book about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. I mean, like, if you could get it out today. I Ryan's could, way ahead of you today. <laughs> I could get it done today. I think Steve would fire me, but I could get it done today. Um, but uh, <laughs> but you're delaying the inevitable on that anyway. So. <laughs> well. yeah. Okay, Steve, speed it up. I, I, I have to admit, I didn't love it. Um, David Chase, right? That's the... Yeah. Uh, he's a miserable bastard. <laughs> and, I've heard that, yes. Um, and... I think that he's one of these guys who created something that he didn't want it to be what people wanted it to be, so he's constantly like yeah. screwing with the audience to yeah. sort of say, no, I'm gonna make this the thing I want it to be, or at least I'm gonna make the thing annoying for what you are. You could just feel that yeah. struggle. I mean, Sopranos has so many friggin' dream sequences in it, and I am, yeah. I am, I generally think dream sequences are the, are, are the, lowest form of script writing. Like, it is just cowardly. Unless you're Bob and, Newhart. And late, well, no, no, doing it as <laughs> totally the finale, yeah, you know, totally it's, it's a yeah, joke, know. you know, know but yeah. like, um, but like, I, I, like, fine, in the comments section, all you people, all six of you who are still listening, <laughs> um, I, I defy you to give me a coherent, persuasive explanation of why I should have given a rat's ass about Tony Soprano's dream where he was a defense contractor on the West Coast at a convention where he ended up having to deal with a legal dispute with a Buddhist temple. I mean, it was just like, 
Let's see how much we can screw with the audience right. and waste their time. And there was right. a lot of that in The Sopranos. And yeah. I love The Sopranos. But yeah. when people tell me that The Sopranos was the best TV show ever made, I just think they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I will argue pretty passionately, I think The Wire is really good. Mm-hmm. And, and you can, if someone says The Wire is the best one ever made, I'm open to it. Um, even though the last season wasn't great, we're both Buffy devotees. Um, I, look, I like Buffy, but like I, I, you know, I did write a cover story for National Review about how sirens. Um, it's the boring the audience, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's got close. So yeah, you the the cop's gonna yell on the megaphone. Yeah. Shut up and end it. <laughs> um, um, uh, Breaking Bad. I, I think was just gonna was say that. Graded them this way, right? One of my great peeves, you've heard me talk about this a million times, I get very, very angry about <laughs> about about me. Battlestar Galactica. Oh. Right. Because me. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it's um, a nice surprise. <laughs> and Battlestar Galactica, they allegedly, you know, they began the first three seasons saying the Cylons had a plan. And that is what social scientists call a lie. <laughs> and um and the show kind of went off the rails. Michael Strain claims that I'm misremembering some things and I'm open to rewatching it at some point. That's fine. But Breaking Bad, you can watch that thing from beginning to end, all like, I want to say 68 episodes mm-hmm. or something like that. And it's a novel. Yeah. It is a novel that has a real story arc, has yeah. character arcs, character development. You yeah. see, you know, like uh, Vince Gilligan explained how his whole plan was to turn, you want to do a, TV show where Mr. Chips turns into Scarface, and that mm-hmm. was his plan. Yeah, and you know you can criticize certain choices and all that kind of stuff, but to do that and stick the landing, yeah, is super impressive. I will say, and that for technical difficulty, Better Call Saul might be a mm. better show mm. in the really? so far as it's at. I oh. think it's almost as compelling, if not more compelling, really than uh, uh, let's just say it's in the ballpark as yeah. compelling as Breaking Bad. I've seen Breaking wow. Bad so many times now that it's hard <laughs> for me to say. But like, Better Call Saul is really well done. I mean, just like really, really well done. It's a spinoff, wholly derivative prequel, yeah. and yet it is original with like non-gratuitous character development and plot lines that still are loyal to the, there's no retconning to really speak yeah. of, that's still loyal to Breaking Bad. And um, it is, to, when you think about how unbelievably hard that must be yeah. to write a prequel show that is interesting and original in its own right while at the same time working within what the original show that takes place in the future right. left you, right. that's really, really hard, and they yeah. pull it off. I mean, I'm, I, I'm surprised by that, because I, I like Breaking Bad as much as anyone, but the problem I had with Breaking Bad, I remember especially in the, it's been years, maybe the third and fourth season, was that they could, there was still filler in it, mm-hmm. and there were still places where it was needlessly slow, and things were needlessly dragged out. And Bedical Soul, I remember I saw the first season, liked it, saw the second season and thought it was so frustratingly pointless and annoying 
and that there was no reason for anything to be happening and none of it really mattered but i just never watched the rest of it well, so it's it's surprise i'm sure i would like the rest of it based on that assessment i'm just surprised well i mean you know tomorrow you'll find your stuff boxed up in the I, lobby of ai well, that was, um, <laughs> that was but, a given anyway surprised you didn't slap him no no look, I, I, I think you should rewatch it it's not an assignment uh, but you should, <laughs> now you should make it an assignment. Uh, you oh, you'll run that oral history, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go all night. It's dark now. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I I had this idea with Jack Butler years ago that I was pushing for. Um, I know it, it takes a little bite out of your soul every time I mention Jack Butler, but um, uh, <laughs> his ghost is over my shoulder. <laughs> I wanted to do I want to do like a telethon podcast. Oh, where it's like straight up twenty four hours of podcasting and like get really loopy by the end. And Ga like guys at my college. Just did that on the radio. It was like the longest radio broadcast ever. They did it for twenty four hours plus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I, it's sort of the same idea. We yeah. have people coming in and out, yeah, whatever, right. and you know, um, and the thing is, you need a sponsor. Hint, hint. And uh, <laughs> and you need uh, some planning about like who's yeah. coming in at three a.m. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. uh, who would we want at three a.m. Um, and uh, and also, there's also this. Uh, a question that many will ask of this podcast who's listening <laughs> um exactly. but uh i just thought it'd be a fun thing to do that'd so. be fun all right guys this is the uh the drive time for uh april what 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 will be april fools this comes out yeah and that's <laughs> yeah. why we made it so exactly long. have a that's jokes right. on anyone who listened <laughs> yeah. to it <laughs> yeah. so uh maybe the april fools joke is that caleb's now gonna say that oh yeah i wasn't recording <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> i watched him when you said that he he tensed up for a second <laughs> he, totally, he totally did um all right uh guy denton ryan brown thank you for doing this and uh we'll all see you next time side opposite what are we doing Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.